1: From Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. I am joined this week by James Cratch. Keith Sargent is busy. I'm just going to leave that there and let everybody panic about that. Uh, so, so anyway, Cratch, uh, you were not with us at the Liberty game. How was Detroit? You were out there with the Giants. That looked like that was a
0: f- another uh, fun NFL game. Who really cares that I was in Detroit? You saw Greg. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> I did. Everyone,
1: I saw Greg Sciano. It was like, and I got to tell you, it's funny. We've been talking about him in the hypothetical for, for so long. Like, what if Greg? What if Greg? And then when he's in front of you, you're like, oh, that's right. He's, he is an actual human being. And there he is. So uh, if you didn't see the post, he was at the uh, New Jersey Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, for Jerry Eisenberg, he was the presenter and because Jerry unfortunately uh, couldn't make it due to a, an illness, not serious, but he just couldn't fly out here. He was also accepting on Jerry's behalf. So, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just funny to see him. And he, you know, he, I, I cracked. I said to him, you look great. And he said, yeah, well, I'm not exactly leading the, uh, stressful lifestyle right now. Uh, like, Hey, coach, that could change. I have, I know exactly what you could do to get a little stress in your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I saw it like I, I saw little snippets. You know, obviously, I think the first thing that kind of popped in my head was he's wearing a red tie. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. and I knowing Greg, I don't think, I mean, I, I, let me take this back. I I don't Greg. I've actually never spoken to Greg. Um, but knowing what you guys have told me and what I've heard over the years, I have to think that he didn't just coincidentally. You know, pack a red tie for this trip. Yeah, i i i have to I have to imagine if after coaching at Ohio
1: State too, he must have a closet full of red ties. That's so true. That's, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's nothing. You know, there's nothing that he's done that. You know, it's it's. Uh, he's not. He's the kind of guy who thinks of everything. So there's certainly possible. Uh, I will say that we finally. I know this has been like a Rutgers Twitter thing that's that's sort of driven me crazy about. When are you guys could ask Greg if he wants the job? Well, he had so he's there to set the scene. We're at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park. You know, he gets in there a little late. He has to walk the red carpet. So here's Jason Alexander and you know George R. R. Martin and all these people going down through all with all the throngs of the cameras who show up for this thing. And you know, Harry Carson goes on. Then Greg goes on to the stage and with his wife. And you know they wave, take photos, and then he he's on the red carpet. And our our, our Pat Lanny uh, asked the question that everybody's been waiting for someone to ask, which was, was quite simply, "Are you interested in the job?" And Cratch, I know this is going to surprise you. Greg Shander did not want to answer this question. <laughs> he he's very politely declined to, you know, he's a guy who's been in this for 30 years. He just sidestepped it. I mean, this is what we knew
0: was going to happen the entire time. Yes. And, I, and look, I think that, you know, since this whole thing has started, I guess, a month ago, exactly, I think, um, or uh, pretty close to it. I think Chris Ash got fired on what, December 28th, I think? Yep. yep. Maybe 29th? I'm not sure. Um you know, there's been like the, this kind of like incessant push to find a reason for Greg not to be the coach, whether it's the, the anti Shiano crowd, for lack of a better term, that you know, with all the various reasons and justifications and disqualifications, or people just saying, Oh, who knows, Greg's interested. I mean, I think it's pretty clear the guy's interested in the job, right? He's interested well, on his terms, he doesn't want, he's not his term. That, that, that's that's you know, like, the best he way you can describe, describe not, it. Yeah. Yeah. if he was not interested on his terms. He would, you know, I'm pretty sure he would call Ryan Hart, be like, "Hey, Ryan, like, you know, (laughs) take it down a notch," you know, or former players. Like, he, he, in these situations, when a guy is not interested in the job, they let the world know. Right. Yes.
1: Yes uh and, and yep you're absolutely yep. right and I, I got the vibe and this is funny we you know we've talked about this just in, in reporting this a coaching search is hard to report about because there's just a limited amount of real information and the rest of it is theories and we always have yes. theories about what's going on and this falls on god one. this falls under the theory category i'm telling you when i say this up front but i just had a vibe about them that you know I don't know, the best way I could describe it, just to seeing him in his element, seeing him at the New Jersey at the Hall of Fame, where I'm sure the, the thought had popped into his head, he's a proud guy, like, you know, I could be walking on this stage in a different setting someday. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say, and this is a hard, this is like a hard thing for him to he had, not only had, so he had to present, he had to describe, say, he gave a nice speech about Jerry, which, you know, again, the, Jerry's been in there for six decades, it's hard to summarize his career, uh, and then had to read he had to read Jerry's speech, which you know, Jerry writes in this, this his own expressive voice. No one else in the yes. world world writes like him, so that was difficult. So he comes off; he nails both of them. He comes off, and I just shake his hand. I said, "Great job!" And now there's Bob Mulcahy's behind him, and Greg slips into the bathroom for a minute, and I'm talking to former AD Bob Mulcahy. I don't think I'm betraying Bob's trust when I tell this story, but Bob grabs me by the arm, and he goes, "Steve, that right there." Is why that man should be coach again. <laughs> I just laughed. But he, you know, Bob makes a point. It's just, again, it's just a guy who represents no, the whole I mean, I, I, you No, know?
0: I, I saw a little bit of the video, but, you know, it, it's really interesting. I was talking to someone at Rutgers who said, you know, longtime employee at Rutgers. Um, and basically, I don't think I'm giving away anything. That person has a job that requires them to be around the football team and, and the football coach. Right. Uh, from time to time. And they said, you know, Greg ha- had this presence about him. And they said, Kyle Flood, it was different, but Kyle had a presence about him too. And the guy said, you know, Chris Ash did not have the presence that Kyle had, definitely didn't have the presence Greg had. You saw in that video that presence, yep. you know, you know G- Greg is, he kind of takes over the room. You know, he is the guy. All the eyes in the room are on yep. him and he's captivating, and he's funny, and he's, you know, all that stuff. So I think that's the the big thing. Like, you know, people have said, you know, sometimes it felt like I've heard people on a program say that sometimes with Ash, not so much when he was with his players, but when he was, you know, dealing with the outward facing, you know, the fans, the media, it felt like he was kind of trying to play the role of the head coach. Greg is a head coach.
1: Exactly, it's all the ancillary uh, stuff that goes out around it. You know, no one you can, you know, I'm sure, given everything equal X's and O's, and Chris has handled it well. But really, the job is, you know, that is only what 20, 30 percent of the job. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe even less. football coaching is not the big part about being a head football coach, and that's important to remember. It is, it is being the public face of the program. It's being out there and among people. It's it, there's a reason why. People like you know Ron Garudi or, the, or all of the all of the boosters you know love this guy. I yes. mean, they didn't uh, didn't always love him, but there's you know they certainly they certainly appreciated him. And he he smoothed them. He played that side of the game well. Uh, and I you know and I think I just you just see another glimpse of that. All that said, I still don't know what the hell's going to happen. You <laughs> know, like he, he still hasn't had this conversation. I, just to my knowledge, with anybody at Rutgers, we're we're a month in. Uh, you know, and that's that's sort of like I wonder if these next two weeks, scratch, are when we finally get some cl- get some clarity as to what's
0: going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they have to start kind of moving. You know, obviously, Rutgers has an open date coming up. Some of the other, you know, so, you know, a lot of teams around the country are hitting open dates, so you might you might suddenly have a situation where now, you know, the the season's kind of crystallizing. We kind of know, you know, what. Jobs are in trouble around the country. What jobs are not? I mean, you know, perfect example. Team Rutgers is playing uh, this week. When Chris Ash got fired, I was I figured Illinois was going to fire Lovey Smith a couple weeks after that, and all of a sudden, you know, the Illini, you know, Rutgers fans want to hear, but they were going to go go to market with a better job than Rutgers. They pay more. They got better facilities. They're in the Big Ten West. Lovey has gotten some has recruited some kids. Um, but now, hey, Illinois is four and four, and they got Rutgers this week, and they got Northwestern, which is just abysmal. Northwestern, Michigan State too. Michigan State's no good. good. So, all of a sudden, Lovey went from people like thinking he was going to be fired, to, and Lovey's gonna, Lovey's gonna probably going to a bowl game. Yep. You know, I mean, and the crazy thing is, I, I wish Rutgers could play Northwestern this year, but I I don't know. Northwestern might be the worst team in the big oh, Man, you yeah, know, they're bad. they're bad. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I just think that's just like, but now you, I think, and we've already kind of heard it, you know, maybe guys who aren't serious contenders, but coaches around the country who realize that, you know, especially assistant coaches realize their guy might move on or their, my guy might be in trouble. They start to kind of poke around. And I think you guys see, also see sitting head coaches start to poke around and, you know, guys who are out of the game but want to get back in. So I do think we could see a lot of movement in the next couple of weeks. I agree with you on that. Right, right. All right, meanwhile, we had a victory. Hey, that, yes. that so,
1: that's new. That was different. Uh, happy for the players. Uh, certainly, you know, there was a feeling of relief. I kind of have gone back and forth. My first thought is like, oh, thank God they won. It doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, think about 48 hours later. I was like, gee, you're really going to dunk Gatorade on the head coach after beating Liberty. I get it, though. It was a necessary thing. You know, you had a good tweet, I, th- I thought, that, about this, that, you know, it was really a good uh, a good game plan, a good game
0: strategy from Nunzio to use what it, little advantages they have, uh, and it worked. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I watched a good amount of the game, you know, as I was in transit to Detroit. I listened on the plane. I was able to get the, the Rutgers Game Day app. I'm going to give them a shout-out. I was able go. to, for the most part, stream uh you know Chris Carlin and Ray Lucas and Eric over the air uh, in Fuchs uh, with a very on um, you know crappy airplane Wi-Fi, which I thought was pretty impressive. No, I thought they had I thought they had a really good game plan. I mean, look, I don't want to nitpick too much. The defense was bad again. Yeah, um, I just you know got to give Chris Ash credit because and- Andy Boo, you know, four games in, it has been a just a, a catastrophe. On that side of the ball, right? Um, But they, you know, but hey, you know, got the big sack. They got some stops. So giving them credit, they they played well enough to win. Um, And look, uh, the offside on that onside kick after Liberty got that cut it to ten, you know, or I think it was ten or I'm not thirteen, whatever it was. That guy was not offside. They recovered that kick. I think if Liberty gets the ball back, who knows what would have happened? It was still like five, six, seven, eight minutes left in the game. I was sitting waiting for an airport uh, shuttle. to so the Marriott to show up it took like forty minutes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, no, but they, they played very well. I thought uh, Lang had a really good game. I think you you said it much more accurate than I expected. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he threw for one hundred sixty yards, I think, or so against Maryland in the in the first game after the coaching change. But you know, he he missed a lot of those. It those. Didn't seem like he missed anything. You know, they they, they were able to use him as a runner. Um, I don't know if that really carries over to beat Illinois or any of the other teams left in the schedule, but it's a good win. You avoid a big embarrassment by losing to Liberty after giving him a million bucks. You got two wins. Um, I think we said I said this at the start of the coaching change. Nunzio, if he beats Liberty and, and finds a way to win a Big Ten game, I thought it would be a smashing success for him. He's halfway there now, so we'll see if they can get something done over the last four games. Yeah, and
1: I I, I did – I mean, I have to say I do uh, – I did like – the one thing – the best part about it was aggressiveness from from Nunzi. Yes. You know, they, they Liberty marches down the field and scores a touchdown at 7 nothing. Next possession, you know, it looks like it could be three and out for the Rutgers offense. Nunzi decides to go deep in his own territory, fourth and one. Uh, if that doesn't succeed, I think, you know, Rutgers loses, but – if Rutgers yeah. punts I think there's a chance Rutgers loses I mean they, you know the way that Liberty scored at ease early in the game you know just to me that was really a ballsy call a right call you know yes I, I think that there any coach who comes in here we gonna have to we'll find a spot for for nunzio on his staff I, I do believe that he's uh he's certainly shown enough uh at this point that you would think that uh he would be a welcome a welcome part of it so you know then he's got obviously the next four weeks are going to be much more challenging but yeah. Hey, it's something. Yeah, no,
0: I, I agree. I, I look. I, I don't. I personally don't see him being an o- the offensive coordinator, just because you know. I just he hasn't. An, yes, and he doesn't have great talent, and I understand it took him a while to kind of implement everything, but I just don't think he's going to show enough as a play caller right. that someone's going to say, "Hey, we're going to hire you." You'll see, but if it's tight ends coach, running backs coach, even quarterbacks coach. Yeah. You know, that's everything. Like, you know, Ash didn't really have a set quarterback coach on his staff. You know, McNulty handled him with the OC. They've got Drew Lascari now. You know, if you bring in a, a offensive coordinator who, you know, if, if the head coach brings in OC wants to specialize in tight ends, you know, Nunzio could be the quarterback's coach. If you, you know, maybe if, you know, Ruckus is two linebackers coach. Next head coach not is not necessarily going to want to do that. So you probably could find a way. But I definitely think uh, there's, a, there's a role for him going forward. Um but I also think it's what he wants to do he, you know after calling plays for eight games, you know he might want to um, right. look and think I mean I you know it's uh, well, it's months ago, but you know, there were some rumblings that there were some FCS schools that maybe were thinking about was kind of circling him as a potential play caller um, you know based on the success of Burton College's past off season. so yeah. I could see him going down a level. Uh, to to keep play calling you know duties and try to build his career that way. <clears throat> certainly is an option all right let's dive into true or
1: false. Uh, you know the rules there's only two of us so'll I'll answer each one yeah. too. Uh, first first one, true or false, a new head coach will be named during the bye week. True or false
0: I will say false. false.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say false too, and we'll get back to it, but I think that is just a great opportunity to to do it. All right, yeah. true or false, Nunzio is right. This offense has talent, but the players are just very young. True or
0: false? I'll say true for some of the skill positions, but false overall.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that as well. True or false? Isaiah Washington is the promising young wide receiver we've been waiting to see in this program. He had a big game against Liberty. True or false? Uh,
0: I will say true for now. I want to say push, just because he had a big game against Liberty. But other games yeah. this year, it's just been kind of like he's got a lot of targets just because – He's, he's the one tall guy who can sort of get separation yeah. outfield.
1: Yeah. Let's line him up against yeah. Illinois. I agree. I'm going to go, I'm going to go false with that for now. Uh, Johnny Langan will start a game at quarterback in 2020. True or false? False. False. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. are not going to say true on that one. Uh, true or false. Artsakowski will start a game at quarterback in 2020. True. I'm going go false on that one. That's is good. We'll have a good conversation. Uh, true or false. Cole Snyder will start a game at quarterback in 2020. False. Uh, hmm, I'm going to go true. True or false? The quarterback who starts the most games for Rutgers in 2020 is not on the roster. True or false?
0: Uh, I'm going to say false, but I think Art will start the most games in 2020. All right, I, I
1: uh, I'm going to get true because I think the coach who comes in here is going to do the same thing he did this year and try to find one. What? So now, all right. So why do you think that this is this is going to be? even after what you saw from Johnny Langan here, why do you think that he will not start a game next year? What's your, what is your
0: rationale for that? Well, I mean, I just – what he did against Liberty was great, but I'm also – gonna have to take into account what he did against Indiana and what he did against yeah, uh, yeah. Minnesota. And, you know, he's still got to play Ohio State and Michigan you know, and Michigan right, State and Penn right. State. I, I just – look, I think Johnny Langan is a kid who – you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, Nunzio compare him near Taysom Hill, Tim Tebow, you know, Tim Tebow won his first national title is kind of like a change of pace guy. You know, they could do a yeah. lot of, I, I look at Johnny and I think he might be a guy who could, who could be like a, how like a Flacco like impact Tom Flacco. I mean, at an FCS school, um, mm-hmm. I just think dated like full-time starting quarterback in the big 10 under normal circumstances. I don't know if the, the passing ability is there. Um, they're not going to hire him, but I, I have always told people that if Bruckles were to go triple option, he would be a lethal quarterback in the triple option. Yeah. He was. He would. Um, he would. He would I mean, you know. The
1: way he carried. The way he carried those Liberty yeah. players. I mean, it was. Pre- it was a
0: pretty impressive I, physical performance. I mean, obviously those options are limited, but I, I think Johnny Lang could be a Heisman Trophy candidate potentially if he was in a triple right. well, or um, We but, might be going a little too uh, far maybe, there, but.
1: The, you think Art's going to stick around, and Art is going to is, is going to be your starter against Mammoth? That's your. That would be your prediction. Yes. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I understand that he's not transferred. He's made no indication he's going to, but it's just, it's just hard to imagine that you're going to, you know, going to stop, you know, redshirt, sit out this year, you know, and, and then come back and, and really be that. I mean, it's just, it's just a tough scenario. You, is it, is it, is it dependent on who the next coach is? What if the system, this is what I come back to. What if the new coach wants to run the spread or wants to run something that doesn't suit his?
0: Skill set necessarily. Well, I mean, I guess what I just come back to is, I think that the the more often than not, whatever offense they bring in is going to fit Art Sikowski You know, okay. I just tend to think that, like we talk about the like, I just think there there are, there are like obviously Nunzio runs a version of the spread that needs a dual threat guy, but I think right. that there's also op there are also op offenses out there that. You know, fit art. I also think, too, it's a lot different for Nunzio to kind of pick up all these broken pieces four weeks in and say, like, this is what we have to do to be successful, as opposed to, you know, the new head coach is hiring an offensive coordinator. You figure a week, two weeks after that guy gets the job, who then can say, this is what I want to do. Now let's go get junior college players to fit this. Let's go hit the transfer portal, all that. So I just think that when you're starting from scratch in December, it's a lot easier to build something that fits Art than it is, you know, in October. And the other thing too is just I think that whoever the next head coach is, they've got to meet with Blackshear and Art day one and yep, end absolutely. it right like figure it out right then and there what they're doing.
1: Yep, we need you to be part of this. This is what we're going to do. Yep, yeah, there's no question. Uh, which is why another just another reason why the first the, the the point about making this higher during the bye week and i get it that it's probably not going to happen it's such a missed opportunity cratch and i i mean so the, now you now you you do so many things here. You, you get a chance to evaluate your own roster a chance to make a late repro- recruiting pitch before the very early december signing date you get a chance to take some of the attention off what is going to be just the brutal final three games of this year starting with Ohio state coming to Piscataway the week after that. I just, you know, it's, 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 it just seems like that if you were going to make this decision to fire Ash, when you did that, you would, you would be in a position where you, that you would look at this and say, if I can get this done by
0: that date, it would, it makes a hell of a lot of sense on so many levels. It it certainly does. But I, I, the reason why I say false is just because everything they have done up to this point, which as you said at the top of the show, really isn't that much. This right. Points to them taking us to the you know the that that kind of moment that Pat said you know when he the day after he fired Ash they, you know we're going I will hope, hope to do this at, after the season you know a couple days after because one like if you're going to hire a coach on the bye week so who are we talking about we're, Nunzio is going to get the permanent job I mean Nunzio is going to probably be one in four at that point you're, you're not giving him a permanent job and about to play Ohio State um, who else is out there Greg and Butch Jones mm mm-hmm. <laughs> <So, I laughs> the, can- the best candidate and probably a good plan b if you ask no, me but okay no I, I guess but then but then my like second or third question to pat hobbs is going to be so pat you, you just paid a search firm like right. six yeah. figures to then hire like the, the the guy who everybody in town wants or the other, the guy who was before Ash was fired was telling people he wanted a job. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I could have gotten you set up for this. Yeah. So that's why then I just think if you're going to hire a search firm, if you're going to say you want to let Nunzio get the, the full eight-game runway, if you want to consider him, it just would be kind of difficult. And it would, it would it would just be a surprise to me and go against what they, the, the foundation they seem to be laying when they started if they made the hire on the bye week.
1: Right. All right.
0: Shanna rumor of the week.
1: I actually have one. This is funny. Gosh. I get I get so many. I just, you know, people again, the difference between information and theories. But this was a, a guy who sent me an email uh, yes. convinced that, that not only was Greg Shanna on campus last week, the deal was done and the press conference was going to be this Saturday, like in five
0: days, despite the fact that the team is in Illinois.
1: i thought that was a pretty good rumor i don't know if you got you got any good
0: ones well yeah i actually got a a message a direct message from somebody who doesn't follow me on twitter i actually found it in my like other folder like sunday afternoon any truth to the rumor that greg is in the hail center with jeff and amy towers right now (laughs) right now and i'm like like, (laughs) Uh, i don't think so (laughs) I
1: love it. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, it's possible. Uh, I don't know. Hey, I no, know. I no, know, no. All
1: right. All right. So uh, let's get some good uh, workers insider questions here. As always uh, subscribe to angia.com backslash text. I think it's been, uh, getting better as this, as this goes along. I know it's, but we don't have much news lately, but we've been trying to give you guys as much information as we can. And you can also see a nice selfie of me and Greg Chiano if you want to really, if you really want to subscribe, that, that, that's worth your $4.99, uh, all in, entirely itself. All right. Uh, lots of good ones here. i uh, would you say that because of all, all the pressure on, on Pat Hobbs, uh, is to, if, oh, sorry, let me read this again. If Pat Hobbs hires Greg Chiano, he can't lose because He doesn't have the pressure on him. I guess the guy's asking, you know, this is like it would be a freebie because you're bringing in a guy with experience. You're bringing in a guy who everybody wants. You know, hey, look, I I hired the guy you wanted. Football's on him now. Do you think you buy into that theory?
0: Uh, Yes. I mean, that's what a lot of people, you know, prominent people who want Greg have said. That You know, it's almost like this is a free pass. I mean, I, I don't go as far as to say, you know, Pat would get to, like, potentially join, like, the Gene Smith Club and, like, get to hire a third football coach. Like, I don't think that is necessarily what would happen. But, yeah, I mean, I do think that, you know, obviously, if if Greg were to come here and not succeed, people would blame Greg. They, they wouldn't blame Pat. Right, right.
1: Uh, this was one I can answer. Was Hobbs at the same event as Greg Shannon? He was not at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, so they did not converse there. You know, and, uh, and this person wants to know lots of rumors that Hobbs does not like Shannon. Is any of that true? I mean, look, we've heard the same stuff. I guess it's the best way I can put it that, that there is, for whatever reason, the two of them have not had a conversation at this point, so that leads you to believe. I don't know that they've, you know, what the origin of that is, <laughs> like, if it's just, if it's just, you know, from afar, both are skeptical of the other. Um, you know, again, this is, this falls under the, the category, not information, but speculation. Um, but yeah, the fact that I, you know, that there, where there's smoke and the fact that they haven't had a conversation yet leads me to believe there's probably fire there. Um, let me see what else we got to, uh, to jump into. Uh, here's a good one. Can any, can you advise what the story is on Micah Clark? If you're not his name, that hasn't come up since he came onto campus. He was the first big recruit that Chris Ash got, and you thought when they when they got him, you're like, "Hey, look this this guy's getting already coming and getting four stars." I mean, great, good for him. What happened, what happened yeah. to him? Scratch. Do we know?
0: Yeah, I basically you know he battled injuries and kind of you know, it was personal issues. You know, he missed um, about the second half of the 2018 spring practice to personal issues. It seemed like dude that's been kind of a recurring issue. Um, hasn't played this year. Uh, still on the roster. Um, I think he's one of those guys who, you know, in all likelihood I, I don't see him con- you know, playing at Rutgers going forward. You never know, though. I think it, it's not a situation like my understanding has always been that they, they've never wanted to, you know, like with, with McLean Carter, like they never wanted to go like the, the medical redshirt, you know, you know, the medical retirement route or right, anything. Right. Um, so he's still with the program. And I, and I just think now at this point, um, you know, Ash, Ash never wanted to discuss it. Um, and honestly, I, I thought that was, you know, kind of to his detriment because I thought, you know, when it, as you mentioned, when when it, when the kid's a, a big time four star recruit and, you know, he's an in state guy and there's a lot of excitement, you know, you, that guy just can't just n- never see the field and like, no, you know, people forget about him. So, uh, Ash never wanted to discuss it. I just think at this point, you know, not, it's not really yeah, Nuncio's, you know, cross the bear, obviously. But I, I do think it, it's probably something that when the next head coach comes in, um, I don't think it's top priority, but I would expect that it'll get sorted out that way. But I think it's been some some stuff off the field for him and obviously injuries on the field have kind of contributed to uh, him not really making a, much of an impact so far. I mean, your sense is not to play college football at all. That yeah, he's, that's, he's that's my right? sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think he's yeah. going to leave Rutgers. I think he, they, you know, he's, very, you know, Micah has always been very active in all the community service stuff at Rutgers, you know, everyone loves him, you know, big, big, smiling, you know, happy guy. So um I, I just think that for whatever reason, it hasn't really worked out or, or come together for him so far. Um, I don't expect him to contribute this year, and I think that it's kind of a, a holding pattern until the next head coach comes in.
1: All right. Here's a good question along those lines of with uh so with respect to potential transfers and immediate eligibility waivers, do you know how the NCAA considers a coaching change among the factors it considers in granting an application? So I mean obviously the question means so the new coach comes in, are these are the players who don't want to is it is it an automatic sea if these if the players want to leave? I mean is that is that your sense from what you've seen across the country?
0: I mean, they can leave, you know, they can go. I, I think no, I don't think it's going to be a free pass. I mean, we don't really know. It's it's going to be kind of an interesting offseason coming up because we saw this past offseason when it was just kind of widespread free agency. Um, and after that, the NCAA kind of indicated, you know, they didn't like this kind of perception of free agency. Maybe this was unintended consequences. They were going to kind of buckle down and tighten situations. So I think most people expect that it's going to be a lot more difficult to get a waiver for immediate eligibility, right? This is going into, you know, the 20, you know, going to 2020, going to coming off season. Um, the one thing I will say about this and people, fans can take it in the spirits intended. A lot of these guys on the roster, if, if they're going to move on, I think they're probably moving on down a level. Yeah, There's no question. With are immediate eligible. And, and I also think too, you know, we expect, I think, you know, especially a wide receiver, they had all those wide receivers in spring ball, and everyone said, oh, someone's going to transfer out, someone's going to transfer out. They had one transfer out, I believe, here Lacewell, who ended up going to junior, uh, to junior college to play defense. And I think that was all an academic issue. You know, Better or worse, Chris Ash didn't have a lot of recruiting tests. We, we, we're not going to beat that dead horse again. Um, but a lot of these guys, I think, make a conscious decision, some guys, would I be better off going to an FCS school and battling for playing time or am I better off being here on a Big Ten football team where I don't necessarily play a lot, but I'm with my friends, I'm on the team, big school, and I'm going to get a records degree at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the things, too. I, I think we might see a, cu- a couple of kids grad transfer and go down a level and maybe just get a chance to play football. I think we also might see some kids who you think – who fans would kind of look at the roster and say, oh, that guy hasn't played, he's going to transfer out. They might just stay around because this is their best option. Right,
1: right, absolutely. Uh, All right, here's a good one, uh, two, actually, that are are good. So uh, what is the single most realistic splash hire as an assistant for Rutgers staff next week? Next year. That's a good, that's a good, obviously it depends on who the head coach is, uh, which we don't know, but who uh, some names of assistants they can really The first one. Obviously that springs to mind is Anthony Campanile. I don't know yeah. if that is possible. I don't know what he makes. I have to look it up, what he makes out there. And if he's at Michigan, so he's already got, mm-hmm. he's in a better spot. Um, any other names that you, that you can come up with that you go, you know, if they got that guy, they'd be in, that would be a
0: great hire. Well, I think I think right now the single biggest splash hire they could make is Jeff Hathley. Jeff Hathley, right? Has he makes $20 million, million dollars in Ohio like, State, but he yeah. has become the guy. You know, because of Ohio State mm-hmm. success and his ties to Rutgers and New Jersey right. guy. It's uh, realistic though? I guess that's a question. I, I well, I mean, you know, I I've heard that Pat Hobbs has told people that they, if for the right coordinator, they can throw down seven up to you know around seven figures. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I mean. You know, and, you know, this is the thing, you know, like if they think they can pay $4 million, you know, a guy like Greg or a guy like Butch Jones might say, I don't need to make $4 million. Take, take, take a million from me and go, go give 500 grand on top of the coordinator jobs, you know, to bring someone in. So, um, look, I, I think it would be a short term thing with Halfley because Halfley is going to be a head coach eventually. Um, right. You know, but, I think Hafley would be the biggest splash. I think Anthony would be second. Uh, I think Fran Brown, you know, obviously at, at Temple Baylor, that be, tremendous yeah. success recruiting South Jersey would be third. Um, I think Partridge would, I, I don't think Chris Partridge would be the big splash higher that it would have been a couple of years ago, just because one, I think anybody who, you know, anytime if a Rutgers coach wants to consider Chris Partridge, he's got to weigh the positive and the negative. And obviously, Partridge, it might not be the same because obviously a lot of the guys that Partridge kind of butted heads with in North Jersey um, are not here, you know, not in the mix anymore, you know, like him and Toll butt heads, you know, obviously Greg Toll's not coaching anymore, you know, I mean, so, and I think too, kind of fascinating is get back to what we talked about earlier. I mean, Nunzio and Chris Partridge, were, we're never we're not exactly, you know, exchanging Christmas cards, yeah, you know, uh-huh. there's, there's bad blood there. And, you know, if Nunzio's going to be on the staff and you want to bring his brother back and then you yeah, obviously uh-huh. Partridge you kill know, so I think he would kind of be a splash, but I think he's lower down the list. But I think Halfley is the guy. He is the man of the moment right now. So I'd say he's the biggest splash hire they could make.
1: This is the this is the other question about the staff. Who who are your predictions for offensive and defensive coordinators? Which is basically impossible. But hey, it's a podcast. It's fun. Uh, I'm going to say if Greg if Greg is the coach, uh, it's I, I do not have a great prediction. For who offensive coordinator could be. I know John McNulty obviously is the guy a lot of people are gonna name, but I think Greg is gonna come here and be smart enough or knows he's gonna have to run some sort of spread offense that might not might make make not McNulty's not necessarily the guy for that. Uh defensively, though, I tell you what, the guy who had a hell of a lot of success here, Rob Smith, when he was the defensive coordinator, I oh. ran an aggressive style of defense that I mean he, he did most successful defense arguably in school history uh you know he, he he left because they couldn't they couldn't keep him they couldn't pay him the back when they just let assistants go but for anything uh i think he's a guy that makes sense i'm trying to come up with other names cratch i don't know who you have as far as who who would be logical candidates for coordinators i, I and no one on the staff really strikes me as as one
0: no i mean i think if defensive coordinator i would say i think anthony in that situation i'm just going to roll out halfly if it's greg I think Anthony would probably be a top target. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bob Frazier's up there as, like, a special assistant in yeah. New England. how about that? You know, yeah. uh, Rob Smith, you mentioned. I mean, you know, Joe Rossi's having a lot of success in Minnesota with P.J. Fleck. Yeah. Um, would if they would a Big Ben West. Yeah. You know, do they try to overpay, you know, outbid Minnesota, bring him in? Um, you know, another guy that I, I thought about potentially, you know, it, well, I think the other thing, too, is, like, is, is Greg going to want to have a heavy, you know, thumbprint on the defense? Yeah, because you know we, we we see other schools. You know, um, a guy who I think it you know, would be kind of fascinating. You know, like Jim Panagos. You know, he's a great. You know, defensive yeah. line help. He's a great defensive line coach, but he's got that personality. Everybody in New Jersey loves he's him. Gotta so yeah, he's got to be that. on the staff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy you
0: got to be on the staff. But you just say we're going to give you the. You know, that, I always thought that the biggest one of the big mistakes that Ash made this past off season right. was that. You know, they 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 made a run at Anthony Campanelli and it didn't work out, and then they hired Andy Boo, who you know basically was just bought in to run Chris's system and it hasn't worked. I always thought Chris made a major mistake by not being creative and saying, "I'm going to run the defense, but I'm going to hire Fran Brown and we're going to give him the title, or I'm going to hire Jim Panagos, and we're going to give him the title, but I'll still, you know still be my de- it, was just, it was Chris's defense." Yeah, uh, you know that's you know, like, there had to be a difference between there had to be some happy medium between hiring Anthony Campanelli and hiring Andy Blue. there had to be some happy medium with a guy who's gonna who's a great good coach who's also gonna help you get guys. Um, so I think that could be something Greg considers offensive coordinator. How about Matt Canada? Wow, yeah, was it, you know that that's a great name. Yeah. But wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be a head coaching candidate guy if he wanted to? I mean, he, you would think he would, but, I mean, he, he, did, he did such good work at Maryland last year, and he didn't get a job. He's been out for a yeah. year. You know, the reason why I, I kind of – I mentioned Matt Cannon is because he recruited Art heavily. Oh, wow. Yep, he did. Offered him at it's, 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 more than one school. Um, so I, I think he's a guy who probably, like, he brings a, a, an offense, a spread offense, jet sweep stuff. I think Art would fit his scheme. Um, as for McNulty, I don't think he'll be back as offensive coordinator. I, I think that Greg would probably want to run a spread, but I would not be surprised if John was a position coach. I mean, you know, that, that if if Greg says, hey, I, I need to keep Art, you know, bring John in as a quarterback's yeah. coach. I mean, John can coach quarterbacks, and Art, I'm pretty sure, would be doing backflips if John was back in the ropes. So I, I think that was a devastating thing for Art to kind of lose John, especially when he had those two games where he was sort of starting to turn that corner.
1: Well, we've solved all the problems. There you go. There's the stat yes. for next year. Thanks, everybody. We'll, we'll take your tips in the jar outside. All right, predictions. Hey, this is good. So we actually have another game that's not as easy to predict, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just looked it up. It was Illinois minus 20, which is still. I think it's moved the point toward the Skylight Knights. It ain't open to 21. It did. All right. So that's a robust number. A lot of money on Liberty last week. People uh, took a bath after I think Vegas had to close several casinos based on the Maryland and Minnesota lines. Uh, So which direction are you going here with, uh, with this one, Cratch?
0: I think the line sounds about right. I'll say Illinois wins uh, 34 to 13 or something. Um, Okay. I think Rutgers still have some success, but it, as I said, his Illinois team playing really well. Um, and obviously, upset Wisconsin, they kind of hammered it. You know, shorthanded Purdue team last week. But I just come back to the fact that this is this is rubber hits the road, do or die time for Lovey Smith. He's four and four. He's got two two definite winnable games left in the schedule. Three, if you count Michigan State. You know, he, he can't lose this game. Yeah, you know? yeah, And I think I also think too what hurts Rutgers a little bit is three thirty start means that. People are probably going to be a little bit more into the game in in, in Champagne as opposed to kind of that sleeping, you know, eleven a.m. kickoff. All right, so two thirty local time that, at eleven a.m. kickoff. That kind of I think gives an East Coast team a little bit of a, a chance to kind of get in, get into kind of a boring, you know, sleepy atmosphere. Takes the home crowd out of it. I think game being later in the day that hurts records.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, and I I, I didn't see uh, Illinois game against Purdue, but I did see the box score and the fact that they rushed for 250 yards is just it's just. And that's not an
0: scary. issue too, because and, you know this Rutgers defense cannot no. stop the run. So I
1: I just can't I just can't imagine a scenario where uh, they stopped the run against them. They couldn't stop it against Liberty. I mean, just the number of uh, just the number of guys running free. Uh, it just uh, it's not good. Uh, so I, I guess it's going to be another one of those 41-10 kind of games, and that I think then you're you're kind of barreling toward. Uh, The three games after that just get uh, harder and harder. So, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm glad they got that win and got that losing streak ended, but I think it's going to be a a rough finish here for the season. All right, anything else? Basketball media day tomorrow. Um, What else do we got going on here? Uh, Wrestling wrestling media day
0: Thursday. Wrestling wrestling season starts Saturday with a home quad. I I, I will be in Illinois with Sarge if we find him. And uh, (laughs) – <laughs> you will not be. I will know, not. not no, I'm yeah. gonna sit
1: this one out. I need yeah, I need what yeah. to watch this yeah. seven year old <laughs> girls' soccer game on Saturday is what I'll be doing. Uh so yeah. But no. Yeah. yeah. We're good. We're good. All right, let's sign off from here. Uh thanks for listening. Again, subscribe, ng.com, backslash text, Steve Politi, James Cratch. We'll be back after the uh <clears throat> Illinois game, maybe even with Keith Sargent. We'll see you then. Bye.